Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Thanks a lot, band. You guys give me a clap for being so awesome. You guys are great. It looks so much, it doesn't look like fun, if you can play, obviously. Um, actually, it's fun as jamming when you don't know what you're doing either, so that's how you begin. Um, here, well, welcome to church. In case you haven't met me, my name's Matt. I'm one of the kind of executive pastors here and that sort of stuff, and I speak occasionally. Um, and today I'm closing out our series on, uh, which has been a pretty cool month, on being devoted or devotion. Um, and so that's what I'll be talking about this morning, about what are you devoted to? Okay, um, so um, let's get started. We're going to do a little bit of church history, might go like 2,000 years or something like that, but we'll do it pretty quick. Okay, so um, uh, early on in the Bible, if you pick it up and read it from like Genesis 12 onwards, God chooses Abraham as a new nation to like to start kind of his uh, dominion on earth. So he starts out with uh, Abraham and he has kids who has kids who has kids who multiply and go really well and they end up in Egypt under slavery. Kids, if you've seen the movie Prince of Egypt, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so the Israelites get stuck in slavery and they're there for 400 years. Okay, and while they're in Egypt, there's all these different Egyptian gods and there's, they're living uh, in Egypt. Okay, so they, they're only kind of growing up with Egyptian ideas and that sort of stuff. And then Moses, through uh, God through Moses, ends up delivering the Israelites out of Egypt and through the Red Sea into the Promised Land. And it was in this context where the Israelites are going, you know, we're, we're Israelites, we're from Abraham, but, but who is Yahweh? Who is God? And so Moses goes up Mount Sinai, he talks to God, and he comes back down with the Ten Commandments. Okay, and the Ten Commandments are, uh, there's 10, okay, and then there's also 613 other laws that luckily we don't have to follow anymore, okay? And um, the Ten Commandments, you look at the first four, it's between Israel and God. And the other six are between Israelites and other Israelites. So them and God and then them and others. So already from the beginning, we see that God cares about your relationship with Him, but He also cares about with your relationship with others, Okay, and so um, the Jewish life was surrounded by these guidelines or statutes or commands or, or commandments to live their lives by. There was a weekly Sabbath, a yearly Sabbath, a seven yearly Sabbath. There was circumcision, there was food laws, there was festivals, there was the Shema, which you had to say twice a day. There was a prayer that you would say if you were eating bread, there would be a prayer a little bit different if you were eating fruit. There would be a slightly different prayer you would say if you were eating vegetables. So when you see Jesus in the New Testament saying he grabbed the bread and blessed it, he said the prayer for the bread. Okay, so it's actually really cool. When you learn this stuff, you can see, actually kind of input more and more into the culture of what Jesus is doing at the time. And Deuteronomy 6.4 says this. So um, God has just given Moses and the Israelites the Ten Commandments. And it says this in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4, and we'll go to about verse 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Who else said that? Jesus, repeating something written 2,000 years earlier. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, which would be the city gates. And so there's this element where you surround your life with these guidelines. You know, so when it was Sabbath, hey, kids, the kids go, why do we go to church on Sunday? Because we love Jesus. Why do you forget that person? Because we love Jesus. Why do you have connect group and house church? Because we love fellowship, because we love Jesus. Your life is surrounded by, why do you read the Bible? Because I want to learn about Jesus. You know, why do you pray in the morning or whenever you pray? Or even Rocky said this morning, I never see you like practice your talking at church. When do you do that? I'm like, when you're in sleep. 
Like I did, you know, but they, they want to surround you. I said the whole life is surrounded by remembering how God brought them out of Egypt and gave them a national identity and the laws were actually really, really good. They were surrounded their life with those guidelines, gave them identity. And actually it's really cool if you want to do more study, um, and if you've got one of my notes, you can talk to me after the service. Um, if you liked it, my message, or you didn't like it, you can still talk to me about it. And, um, and um, the, a lot of these things are actually types and shadows of Jesus in the New Testament. So when you read up into them, you actually go, oh, there's Jesus right the way through the Old Testament. And then he comes in a bit later on. Um, but the law was good. It gave, and it gave Israel a national identity, but it helped people. It helped foreigners. It helped women. It helped children. It helped prisoners of war. It helped people in indentured servitude. It helped people. And through hundreds and hundreds of years, there was a lot of Jews that were devoted to those commandments for good things. But over time, they started being devoted to those commandments to get oppression and power over others, um, to manipulate. And that was happening for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then in Galatians 4.4, 4, it tells us that when the fullness of time had come, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, Jesus enters the world. So when the fullness of time had come, when, G- when God said, you know what, now's the time. When the fullness of time had come, Jesus entered the world. Um, and because what was happening was, like I said before, a lot of people were using these commandments for oppression and bad things, or they're using it for good things. Okay? And the religious leaders at the time, they didn't like Jesus because he was upsetting them. He would tell them, oh, yeah, you're following these commandments, but you're not doing these things over here. And you're following these things, but you're not doing these things. And so they didn't like it. They didn't like him at all. And in Matthew 22, we see the religious leaders trying to trap Jesus. Um, they're trying to trap him in a series of traps. The first one, it was like, who do we pay taxes to? Do we pay to Caesar? And so Jesus kind of smokes them on that issue. Uh, and then they ask him about, oh, if the, about resurrection and marriage in the future, and he talks to them about that. And then they ask him, okay, then, mister, what is the greatest commandment of the law? What is the greatest commandment of the law? And this is what Jesus says in Matthew uh, 22, verses 34. It says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And they're, they're like, well, yeah, we know that. We do that twice a day. We're that religious. We already know what you're talking about. We've been doing it. It's like when you tell your kids something they already know. They're like, we already, I already know that, Dad. Why are you telling me? So Jesus is saying, first commandment, love your Lord God with all your heart and all your soul. And like, hey, we've been doing that for hundred. What else? And then he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it or equal to it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law, all the prophets, everything hangs on loving one another preferring one another. And then he goes on, if you read Matthew 23, he, he starts getting into these religious leaders that are kind of oppressing people. He says, calls them whitewashed tombs. He calls them dirty cups. He talk, calls them broods of vipers. And he says to them in Matthew 23, he says, you guys are spending so much time adding up the smallest amount to tithe and, and you show everyone how much you tithe, the little ascent, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law, which is um, justice, faith and mercy. And so Jesus is saying, yeah, you can do all that stuff. Awesome. But love one another. Everything hangs on loving one another. It's actually a pretty cool passage if you want to read it. 22 and 23. And yeah, so two weeks ago, James uh, talked about how Paul made Christianity a verb or a doing word, not a noun, but a doing word. We aren't Christians. We live Christianity. We do Christianity. We, we are active disciples of Jesus. We are walking with Jesus. We're not sitting back and watching him do stuff, we do stuff. We kind of c- 
co, uh, we are like image bearers of, like, uh, of God. So wherever we go, Jesus goes with us. It's an active thing. Christianity is an active verb. Um, so the Jews talked, they prayed that Shema, which is twice a day. And um, the Shema was what we just read before in Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God. And this is from the Bible Project. This is what it kind of means. Um, at first, it's like, hear, O Israel. The hero Israel in Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, is like, hear means let these words sink into your body. Soak in this. Hear what I'm saying. And then the love the Lord your God. And it says that the Bible Project put it like this. What we translate into English as love here is the Hebrew word ahava. Ahava is not about the warm, fuzzy, emotional feeling we get when we love someone. So God's not saying, don't stand there and go, oh, God, I love you so much. No, it's this. Much like listening, biblical love is about action. You ahava someone when you act in loyalty and faithfulness. Our love to God is only worked out, not in this emotional love, but through actively uh, walking it out and living it out. And actually, it's an active thing. It's not a title. It's a doing word. We do Christianity. We live Christianity. We live following Jesus, moving in the opposite world of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we focus on the weightier matters of the law. Yes, read your Bible. Yes, go to church. Yes, go to connect group. Yes, stay and pray. Yes, sit in solitude. They're all good things. But the weightier matters of the law is love one another. Love one another. I know about me. Sometimes I'm like, I could go hang out with that person or I can read like really deep theology about stuff. Then I say, it doesn't change my heart. You know, when someone offends me, I get grumpy. It doesn't matter how much theology you know. I'm not loving one another. That's why pastors go off and do stuff because they've just... they've. They're not loving one another. People go up and do stuff because we're not preferring one another. You know, it doesn't matter how much we know, it's how much we, we do with one another. Yeah. The one another thing. The fake, yeah. You know. So John 13, Jesus says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We show our faith in Jesus as we ahava for him when we forgive when we're gentle, when we're joyful, when we're kind, when we're honest, when we're generous, when we're vulnerable, when we show self-control, when we serve others, when we pray for our enemies and people that don't like us. I remember once uh, through work stuff, this lady was giving me absolute grief and I was at Connect Group and I was like, oh, she said this and she said that and she did this and she did that. And one of the guys at Connect Group goes, do you know, Matt, let's pray for her. And I'm like, pray for her? Are you serious? Do you know how much grief she's giving me? And as I'm saying it, I'm like, that's what Jesus taught. Pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. I'm like, oh my gosh. When you read the Bible, I don't know, I just realise how unlike Jesus I really am. And I say it all the time. Um, love one another. You know, we live in a cancel culture where if you don't like someone, just get rid of them. You know, guys, you say, I'm off him. I'm done with that person. I'm never talking to them again. Who's ever had that? I said that this week. I'm done with that person. Oh, that's what I'm preaching about, right? I'm done with that person. Drive me up the wall. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's cancel culture. Or the dreaded, I'm unfriending them on Facebook. Just joking. <laughs> That's the next gen. Um, but how good is it that Jesus didn't live like cancel culture? He didn't say, I'm done with them. He said, I'm going to die for them. How cool is Jesus? Um, and life is the same. You know, um, as I was prepping this message, I, sometimes I think it's a bit of a, like a Christmas message, you know, Christmas lunch. There's that uncle, that auntie that drives you up the wall. That's when our, whole, our, our Christianity is outworked 
in the forgiveness, in the acceptance, in the, in the, actually in those hard times. It's in those hard moments where we want to get angry, where we want to bite back, when we want to not forgive, that is when our Christianity is outworked. And that's when we partner with God. And it might be a moment thing. It might be a three-month journey, four-month journey, five-year journey, whatever it is. But you partner with God to move through different things. You know, I teach um, judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and we kind of teach people that, it, like um, some people will be like, oh, I get stuck in this armbar all the time. And, and some people get grumpy, like, you know, Ben armbar would be five times. And we go, don't get angry at Ben. He's just showing me where you need to work on. He's showing you holes in your game where you need to improve. Okay, and so as I work on those, he highlights those holes in my game, in my jiu-jitsu fighting, and then I can fix those games. And then it doesn't work anymore. That's life. When someone annoys you, when someone drives you up the wall, that's actually them saying, God needs to come into this spot. God needs to get in here. God needs to help you forgive. God needs to help you include. God needs to help. And you can already think about people in your world, right? Situation, oh, yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, I need it. God, help me. Help me. Forgive this person. Help me include them. Help me. Help me. Help me. It's as we walk through that, we're actually doing Christianity. And Jeremiah 31, 31, kind of there's this new covenant. But um, we partner with the Holy Spirit to help us, help us. So as I was speaking today, is there any people or circumstances that might come to mind? I encourage you over the coming days and months to take those people, those times, those memories, those hurts to God and ask you to help him forgive, help you to love, help you to accept and be like me. I often say, God, just give me a new heart. Give me a new heart for that person. Give me a new heart for that person. I'm always like, just give me a new heart. You know, that Ezekiel thing, just new heart, new heart, new heart. That's just all I want. I want to be more like Christ. You know, that's all I want is to be like him. In the Old Testament, the Jews were devoted to God. They loved his commandments and statutes and they loved his guidelines. Awesome. Do those things. But the weightier matters of the law are love one another. My message three weeks ago online was about the new followers, the new disciples of Jesus. They devoted themselves to prayer, fellowship, the apostles' teaching, and the breaking of bread. Be devoted to those things. That's awesome. And my message for you today is be devoted to love. Be devoted to loving your enemies, loving one another. To be devoted to love this year. And hopefully like you, you'll see God moving in your world and in your heart. And again, it will be painful. You've got to go through sometimes two steps back to move forward. But include God in your heart. Ask Him to give you a new heart to be more like Christ. Forgive those people. Include those people. Love those people. Move in the opposite spirit of the world. And that is how we ahava. That's how we love the Lord our God. That's how we love Jesus is to do those things. Sound good? All right, church, that is my message for this morning. Maybe I'll just quickly pray. Is that cool? Or maybe, James, you can pray. Okay. Dear Jesus, Lord God, like James said, I thank you that we are full of the Holy Spirit and that you actually partner with us, that you help us to forgive, that you help us in times of struggle, that you help us in times of need. And Lord, I pray that you help each and every one of us to be more like you. Help us to serve. Help us to love even when it's hard. Help us to forgive. Help us to see a different point of view. Help us to include people. And Lord, I pray for each and every person here that's been hurt in a relationship. Lord, I pray you just help mend those wounds. Help us to move through those things. And Lord, as we do that, we pray that people will see you moving through us. And they'll go, that person's different. What do you have that I don't? And we can say, we have Jesus. And we have his spirit living inside of us. It actually helps us do life and helps us to live for him. So, Lord, I thank you for each and every person here. 
I pray over the coming weeks and days and months and years that you help us each and every day through our hurts and our struggles. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, James. What a great word for us. And uh, this is going to be our aim and direction this year. Is It's not about what we're trying to do as a church. What's our vision? What are we trying to do? It's actually who we are becoming every year. Who are we becoming more like? Who are we reflecting out in our day-to-days? And so I'm sure in those messages like this, we can think of people that immediately come to mind. And if you haven't thought of anyone, I promise you, you'll meet them probably Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And in that moment, before you react, just stop, just wait and just think. Every week, we want to give people an opportunity to begin this journey in him. This journey of following Christ, of not following our lives the way we've always lived, almost on autopilot, but actually surrendering our life to become believers of him, Christians. And what that ultimately means is to give over our lives to the leading of God, our Father. And this is only possible because of Jesus Christ, who came and exemplified this to the extreme by giving his very own life for it so that he would destroy the work of sin or the destroy the work of, of this thing in us that wants to go away from the ways of God. And by doing that, he enabled us then by his spirit to live for him. And this is the opportunity we have each and every day as believers. Some days you'll be like, man, I'm so far from God right now. You can come back and say, I want to follow him. But it begins by a a confession in our heart that comes out of our mouth that says, Jesus Christ is going to be my Lord. I'm going to follow him. So every week we give people an opportunity to do that. And so we want to give you that opportunity right now, just with every eye closed, just giving people a moment to reflect. And if you were here today and you were to say, you know what, I'm actually not following Jesus. He's not my Lord, but I want to. I want to begin a journey in him and find life in him. And this life that I'm speaking about is not just a good and cushy life now. It's not It's certainly filled with his presence, but what he's doing is shaping us and preparing us for an eternal life with him. And this is what's on offer for anyone who believes and welcomes him into their hearts. So if you're here today and you've never done that, and this might be your first time or your first time in a long time, and you're saying, you know what, I want to be included in this prayer. I want to pray this prayer today. Just give me a little wave. And say, can you include me here today? Awesome. Thank you, sir. Beautiful. If there's anyone else, it's just saying, you know what? I'm not I'm not close to God right now. I'm actually. I need to come back. Beautiful. Let's give you a couple more moments.
but we're going to pray this prayer together. And for those of you that Bradley said, yeah, that's me. The reason I get you to do that is not to try and manipulate a response or to somehow highlight you. I'm not going to get you to have to run up here and say, that was me. No, what, what that does is it's, it's a beginning, a disposition of your heart that says, you know what? Yeah, that's me. Because God totally embraces the humble, loves it. So because of your humbleness of heart, he, he is already enveloped you in his love. And his mercy for all of us, any of us who say, Lord, we want you, is just again and again renewed every day. So let's pray together. We're all going to pray this together. Okay? Is that okay? Say, dear Jesus, today I acknowledge you and receive you as my Lord and Savior. I give you my whole heart. I ask that you help me. Change me. Help me to follow you. Fill me now with your spirit. Give me a heart for you and for others. I give you my life. I trust you. Thank you that you love me. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are so faithful to us, even when we are faithless. And Lord, we ask right now that your spirit would feel each of our hearts, that we would know that we know that we are followers of you and that Holy Spirit, you would help us live out each day in that reality. Amen. Hey, well, we've had a good morning. And uh, if it is your first morning with us or your first uh, couple of mornings with us and you're still getting to know us, we would love to be able to connect with you uh, and talk to you a little bit more about how we are doing this journey of becoming his people. And so if you've got questions about who we are as a church, if you've got questions about how you can connect into a connect group or join a home church, uh, if you've got questions about why we do home church, any of those kind of things, uh, we'd love to encourage you to come and see us at our Hello Hub. It says hello on it and there'll be someone there, a team member who would love to be able to connect with you. Otherwise, you can come and talk to one of us down the front here. We'd love to be able to help you just get more connected and take a next step on that journey of faith. Amen? Amen. Next week, we are actually gathering again. We are blessed. Two gatherings in a row. We love it. And uh, yes, that's good. We are going to be coming around our Vision Sunday and, and I'll be sharing uh, a little more into this direction of how we are becoming a people that are both connected to Him and deeply connected to one another, how we are growing to be more like Him and how we are then reaching out in love to others. And this will be our mission and our vision of who we are becoming, that we will be connecting, growing and reaching all the way until he comes back. Praise God. Sounds exciting. It's going to be great. If that doesn't float your boat, we have a sausage sizzle as well. So that's good too, uh, which would be amazing. And uh, we just love doing this journey. This will be our first full year with you guys as senior ministers. We started uh, the middle of last year and uh, we can't wait to do a brand new year with you. So it's going to be amazing. So come along. Yeah, bring friends and family. And uh, let's get excited for the year ahead together. Um, otherwise, go do whatever you want to. 
um, well, within reason, actually. <laughs> what I mean now, what I mean by that, just to clarify, because that could be anything, is you can either stick around and talk for a while until we flick the lights and tell you to go home, or you can go home now and go and spend time with family. That's totally fine too. Be blessed. <laughs> Got to clarify these days, don't you? Have a good day. Have a good week. We'll see you soon. Bless you. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.